Hello, welcome and welcome back to Logical with LY Law. This is Zaid again. If you've listened to our previous episode, you know that Logical has shifted gears to a more question and answers based format. In this upcoming segment, Lyudmila is going to continue addressing some of the questions we've received from our listeners. If you'd like one of your questions to be answered on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our various social media pages. The names that we've used in these episodes have been changed in the interest of confidentiality. We hope you enjoy this segment and the ones to come. So, Ludmila, we received another question from a listener regarding filing a case against her employer. Sarah asked the following question. I filed a case against my company for refusing to pay my service gratuity. Last year, September 2018, court ruled in my favor with regard to a case I had filed against my employer. The judgment progressed to execution, but no payment has been made by my employer to date. What shall I do in order to enforce the judgment? And what measures can be taken to secure my right as per the UAE labor law? I came to know that my visa had been canceled without my signature. Currently, I am here on an overstay and an on-time court service. They have told that I can stay here after the cancellation of visa when I have an ongoing case. I can stay here until the case has been closed. And once the case has been closed, they will give the letter for the cancellation of my overstay. Everything you need to know, is that possible? I would really appreciate your quick response. Okay, so this question in relevant parts um, breaks up into two, to two separate legal principles. One related to the enforcement of judgment and one related to the UAE residence visa and in particular overstaying of the visa. Uh, with regards to the first part of the question, and that is one related to the enforcement of judgment, it's a, it's a very interesting question and a very relevant one because uh, as Sarah mentioned, she took the case to court for her salary being unpaid uh, or unpaid dues and she won that case and presumably she went all the way to uh, the final case because the case after that progressed to ex- execution. Now, execution, what it refers to is that when you have a court judgment, and a court judgment is, as, as, as perhaps as scary as it may sound, the court judgment is just that. It's a piece of paper on which the court, uh, uh, ultimately a governing authority, rules one way or the other. However, uh, without anything, any further actions, that uh, court judgment remains to just be a p- piece of paper unless parties uh, either act on it amicably or something else happens well the something else sounds like in this case uh, the amicable part of the um uh, the sort of the option was not available the the employer did not respond so therefore the employee had to take the court case further the court decision so that means enforcement which means now you have a final court judgment and now you want to enforce it uh, enforcement means it's a, it's a very complicated process or can be a very complicated process in particular related to employee-employer relationships because ultimately what it entails is seeking assets that belong to the defendant in order to seize those assets and then um, liquidate them and settle the judgment. So that's in general terms what enforcement refers to. In this case, because it's an employee-employee relationship, it's difficult for employee by virtue of, of his or her, in this case, her role with the company to actually know what assets the company might have owned in order to make enforcement an efficient and speedy process. And this is because as part of the enforcement, the burden is on the claimant, in this case, Sarah, uh, to tell the court which of the assets the employer owned or had and uh, be able to identify those assets so that the court can issue relevant judgments to seize the assets, uh, freeze them, and then ultimately to auction them off. So that's 
what uh, Sarah is dealing with right now. And then at the end of the day, that's the only way to make the judgment actionable. Uh, so I encourage the Sarah continues on with the process and uh, it, enforcement of itself can take up to a year. And again, it's because sort of locating the assets that belong to the employer is perhaps the lengthiest part. And some of the assets may be bank accounts, uh, uh, license, company license, um, if um, the company owned any cars, uh, or any other equipment that might have been based or located on company's property. So any tangible assets that the claimant or Sarah can identify and present to the court, and then the court can then issue a respective letters requesting relevant authorities to basically either send money to the court or seize these assets. And then ultimately, if let's say if it's a property, it would have to, or a car, it would have to be auctioned off. And with the proceeds from these auctions, then the court would ultimately settle the amount of the judgment. Now, as all this is going on, and it can take some time, but the, I guess, the added benefit of the legal system here is that the amount of the judgment will continue to incur interest. So let's say if um, the judgment was for 100,000 dirhams, the typical interest rate in the, in the UAE courts is about 9 to 12%. Um, so even if enforcement takes time, and let's say another year, um, there is a possibility of getting a 10%, 10 to 12% uh, on top of your court judgment as part of the interest. So you know, don't don't be disillusioned just by time. As long, but that's only as long as the defendant, in this case, the company, actually had any assets that could be liquidated and could be then used to, to settle the judgment. And so, as a general comment, I, I think it's it's important to highlight that before parties start these kinds of cases that they understand and they they do the due diligence to see whether the defendant has any assets because often what happens is the parties file a case because they obviously feel aggrieved and rightfully so and they spend money on lawyers on court fees and they spend the time sort of fighting the the battle and then they win but if at the end of the day there are no assets to satisfy the judgment uh, then basically the employee is at square one. Uh, so recommendation is that um, anytime you decide to file a formal action that you first do sufficient due diligence and, and have the comfort that in fact, once you do have a judgment, there is a way for you to settle this judgment with the item assets from the company. So that's basically one part of the question. The second one, uh, and, and they, by the way, there is nothing else that, that Sarah can do other than just uh, be patient, but that's as long as there are uh, assets. If there are no assets, then Sarah just just manage your expectations. Perhaps this is the time to walk away. So also because uh, there's another aspect. Sometimes we often see employees or clients that ask, okay, well, but we know who owned the company. Can we go after the owners of the company? Well, it depends on the legal structure of the company. But in most cases, if the company was a limited liability company, which most of the companies here are, then that liability of the company is only limited to the share capital of the company. And that means, and in most cases, a share capital does not satisfy the amount of the judgment. So therefore, just to manage expectations, in most of the cases, it's not possible to go after the owners of the company or even the managers of the company in, in such circumstances. The last part of it is the visa. And it sounds like Saris remained in the country while the case was pending because the comp and, and the visa somehow was canceled because it was obviously must have expired. But because 
because Sarah did not leave the country and, and remained in the country on an expired visa, there were obviously immigration penalties that were being accrued as a result of this. So, so Sarah's second part of the question relates to what she can do about it and whether there are ways for her to either reduce or waive these extra penalties. And in short, yes, there is a way to do it. In general terms, yes, the immigration will continue to show that the penalties are being accrued. And this is because as long as they're waiting for basically the, the, the judgment or the court case to finalize, and as long as um, there is a formal court case, um, there is a way to request immigration to waive uh, any accrued penalties. And in this case, you just have to present the final court judgment to the immigration and show that uh, you remained in this country and could not leave because obviously of these, um, of this court process. And so there is a process to appeal. And in most cases, and we have seen many of these cases, the authorities will waive the penalties, but you need to to just be prepared that sometimes it may take a few visits and, and a few um, documents or identify the list of documents that the authorities need before you can finally waive the penalties. Hello again. This marks the end of this latest episode of Logical with LY Law. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you like the new format. And if you have any feedback or suggestions on how you would like the show to progress, or if you have any questions that you would like us to address, please let us know via any of our social media platforms. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. We have some exciting things planned, and we really hope that you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy making it. See you soon.